Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts, and today we are studying 2 Kings 18. King Hezekiah has an incredible army of 185,000 men come against him. It seemed like overwhelming odds. And you know, this wicked king of Assyria named Sennacherib sent him a letter of intimidation. Friends, we're going to see today how, for many of us, some of the worst news we receive come in the form of letters. Maybe a, a, a medical diagnosis, maybe a divorce decree, maybe a bankruptcy or a lawsuit. What do you do when you receive overwhelming news? Well, we're going to see today how Israel got pushed around by their enemy and how Israel responded. And you know what? It's the same way that you and I are to respond to our enemy, Satan. You and I face a far more dangerous enemy. But you know what? Just like for God's people of the Old Testament, the same is true for God's people today. The battle is not ours, but the battle belongs to the Lord. I hope you enjoy today's episode of Awakened to Grace. Second Kings chapter 18. We're in a quick three-week series called The Battle Belongs to the Lord. <coughs> Last week we talked about King Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. We walked our way through that text. We saw how a great enemy came against him and how did King Jehoshaphat respond? He didn't go to his military. He didn't go to the generals. What did he do? He went to the Lord. And the Lord said, Stand still, hold your position, and you'll see the salvation of the Lord. And we saw God bring a great battle that day. And the Lord told King Jehoshaphat, The battle does not belong to you, but is the Lord's. Today I want to examine another war that another king faced. And this king was named King Hezekiah. And what I want to share with you again is that the battle is not yours. The battle is not mine, but the battle belongs to the Lord today. When you and I understand this principle, when it really gets into our soul, I mean when it really settles in on us and it sets in like cement and it fortifies, and it strengthens our faith, and we walk with God in a solid way, I'm telling you, you'll be able to handle, you'll be able to deal with any threat that Satan brings your way. You will not be like the wave of the sea that's tossed to and fro by the enemy. But no, you will be sustained. You will be strong. You will be strengthened. You'll be solid in the Lord. And isn't that what we want for our faith? We want to grow in our faith. Well, if you're going to take notes today, what this story is about found in 2 Kings 18 and 19, this is a story about intimidation. This is a story about the enemy coming against God's people and trying to overwhelm them, trying to frighten them, lying to them. Today, we're going to identify several lies 
that this enemy told Israel. And friends, I want you to know these lies come out of the pit of hell. And because these lies are from Satan, then I want you to know today this scripture is relevant to your life and my life because Satan uses the same playbook. He still tells the same lies to God's people. And if you and I can recognize them, then you and I can overcome them. Amen. So let's begin Verse number 13 of chapter 18. We're going to try, by God's grace, to span two chapters. I'll have, it's like 70-some scriptures between the two. I'm going to do my best from memory to guide you through at least 17 of them. Now, you know I'm completely blind. I may not be able to, if I get a, 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 a scripture a little off here or there, if I'm one under or one above, you'll forgive me, right? You just read the whole thing. It'll be good for you. And if I get a little off kilter, well, the Lord's going to help us, right? Verse 13, I want us to get the setting. We're introduced to what is one of the most fascinating kings of the Bible. His name was Hezekiah. And Scripture tells us that this enemy rose up against Hezekiah, against God's people, in the 14th year of his reign. Now, we can do a little math here. The Bible also tells us that King Hezekiah began his reign at age 25. So you add 14 years to it, we know he's 39 years old when he faces this great calamity. This is particularly special to me because I was 38 years old when I lost eyesight. And so Hezekiah is 39 years old, and he has to figure out how he's going to handle himself. He has to figure out what he's going to do concerning this great king of Assyria. And the Bible introduces us to the king of Assyria. And his name is Sennacherib. Sennacherib. Isn't that a fun name? Any of you ladies pregnant looking for a name? Maybe. Actually, it's not a good name. Because let me tell you, his name means man of sin. So I would not name my kids Sennacherib. Not only would they not be able to spell their name by the third grade, they also, it's not a good name. (laughs) Sennacherib came against Israel. Now here's the problem with Sennacherib. He was a mighty man of war. And he had the track record to prove it. He conquered many lands, many empires. He overthrew many kings. So when Sennacherib breathes out his threat to the people of God, let me assure you, this is a serious threat. Sennacherib has the track record to back up everything he's saying. And so verse 15, if you'll look at that with me, King Hezekiah is in a problem here. Sennacherib is a strong Fortified enemy, and Sennacherib demands money from him. And do you know what Sennacherib demands? 300 talents of silver, 30 talents of gold. And the Bible says that Hezekiah emptied out the treasury of the Lord. And it even went so far as he stripped the gold off of the doorpost of the temple to give to this wicked king. Well, finally, Sennacherib, in his godliness says, this is enough. Let me tell you what's different about King Hezekiah. 
He wasn't going to serve Sennacherib any longer. Let, let me tell you what the Bible says in verses 1 to 13 about King Hezekiah. It says that he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. It says that he held fast to God, that his trust was in the Lord. It says that he kept the commandments of God. King Hezekiah was a phenomenal king who walked with God unlike many of his forefathers. And there came a point in time when King Hezekiah drew a line in the sand and he said, I am no longer going to serve this wicked king. I'm no longer going to be enslaved to what he says. I am going to draw a line in the sand and we're going to follow God. The Bible says he destroyed the idol worship of Israel. He even went so far. Check this out. Do you remember in the book of Exodus, perhaps it was Numbers, when Moses was in the wilderness? Do you remember what Moses made for the people of Israel by the leading of God? He made the bronze cross with the serpent. And if Israel would look, they would live and they would survive the serpent venom. Well, Israel kept that all of these generations all the way to the point of King Hezekiah. But see, Israel had a problem, and it's the same problem of humanity. You know, humanity is incurably religious. That's why there's so many religions throughout the world. Humanity is religious in nature. There is something in us that draws us to worship something bigger than ourselves. And you know what Israel did? Israel made an idol out of that cross. The Bible says that they offered incense to it. They offered offerings to it. They made an idol out of it. And do you know what this godly king Hezekiah did? He did the unthinkable. He broke it in pieces. Isn't that interesting? Can you imagine the fit people threw when he broke the cross that Moses himself made? And Hezekiah said, no, no, there's going to be no relics. There's going to be no false gods. There's going to be no idol worship in Israel. We're going to trust in the Lord. Let me tell you something, my friends. Say amen if you're with me right now. Satan will leave you alone if you're not serious about God. He won't mess in your life. But let me tell you, when you get serious about following the Lord Jesus Christ, that's when he's going to target you. That's when he's going to come against your family. That's when he's going to come against your marriage. That's when he's going to come against your job. That's when he's going to test your faith. When you get serious with the Lord and Hezekiah shows up on the scene and he goes, no, we're going to cleanse the land. We're going to get rid of the fake. We're going to get rid of the idolatry and we are going to follow God Almighty. And now he's going to face a battle like he could have never dreamed. Anybody ever been there before? Anybody ever been in a battle like you never dreamed could have happened? And this is where Hezekiah is. Verse 15, he gives the 300 talents of silver, the 30 talents of gold, and now he says, that's it. No more. We're not going to be enslaved. And now verse 17, Sennacherib. (laughs) What a name. Man of sin. He sends his emissaries. 
He sends three messengers along with an army. And let me tell you how big this army is. The next chapter tells us he sends an army of 185,000 warriors. Now get that image in your mind. An army of 185,000 men. Just to put a point of reference to it, Bristol Motor Speedway, just right down the road from us, seats 160,000 people. So add about 25,000 more to it. And that's the army that Israel faced. These wicked men came against Israel. These emissaries came. And now I want you to note, if you'll follow along with me, let's note their lies. And remember, these are the same lies that Satan said that he tells us today. Lie number one, verses 19 and 20. Look what he says. On whom is your trust resting? God is not able to deliver you out of our hands. Don't be deceived. Don't be misled. God cannot help you. Let me tell you what this wicked man is saying to the people of God. He's saying, and let me tell you, this is Satan's first lie. He's saying God is not trustworthy. And you know, Satan will say the same to you. He'll say, what about your faith? What about your faith? God doesn't care about you. God's not paying attention to your life. God doesn't notice what's happening with you right now. God's busy with other things. You don't matter to the Lord. You're so small. You're so insignificant. God is not going to come through. No, my friend, his first great lie is God is not trustworthy. No, let me tell you what the Bible says, how trustworthy God truly is. The Bible says that the very hair of your head is numbered by the Lord. Amen? You know what that means? That means that God knows your life better than you know your life. I don't have any idea the number of the hairs in my head, but that tells me God knows me better than I know me. And if God is so intimately involved in my life that he knows the very hair upon my head, then guess what? He knows every circumstance. He knows every trial. He knows every fire. He knows every storm. He knows every sorrow. He knows everything I face in this life. He knows every bit of it. And he cares. The Bible says, cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Amen. Don't let Satan tell you that God is not trustworthy. This was his first great lie. His second great lie. You talking about twisted. Oh, I hate the enemy. He twists truth. Rather than coming to them and saying, well, your God is false. There is no God of Israel. He doesn't say that. You know what he does? He takes the truth and he twists it. You know what that's called, friends? It's called wickedness. Wicked means twisted. Some of you got some furniture on your patio, and what's it called? Wicker. Why is it called wicker furniture? Because it's what? Twisted. The word wicked means to twist. And he doesn't come and say, well, your God isn't real or your God is false or your God is this or that. No. What a wicked man. You know what he says? Look at it. Verse 25. Moreover, God told me to come destroy you. 
your God sent me to destroy you. Do you know, in essence, do you know what he's saying? God has turned his back on you. What a wicked lie. Can you see the level of deceit that the lies that are spewing out of this wicked man? He's saying God is not trustworthy. He's saying your faith is futile. It doesn't matter. God is not, uh, he's not worthy of your trust. And number two, he's saying God has abandoned you. God has turned his back on you. As a matter of fact, God sent me to destroy you. Friends, I don't know of a more twisted, of a more wicked statement in all the Bible than that right there. Let me tell you, every word that comes out of Satan's mouth is a lie. Every one of them. For he's the father of lies, John 8, 44 and 45. The third lie, verse 30. He says, God is not able to deliver you. Has Satan ever told you that? That God's not able to turn your circumstance? Has Satan ever told you God's not able to intervene? God's not able to fix this? God can't do this? Oh, he'll lie to you, my friends. Verse 32. Watch this. You know what this wicked man says? This wicked man says, listen, you got a choice. You're either going to die or you're going to live and be my captives. And look what he says in verse 32. He says, it's better. It's better for you to be in bondage and live. He said, I'll come and take you to a land with honey and with wine and with grain. And he said, you will live and you will not die. Friends, do you know what he's saying? He's saying, you would be better off to live in bondage under me than to face this war. Let me tell you, precious people, Satan will tell you the same thing. There's some of you today fighting addictions that Satan tells you. There is no use in trying to overcome it. I've got you right where I want you. You're never going to be set free. You'll never know what freedom is. And you might as well stay right where you are. He'll lie to you. He'll tell you you'll never break free. He'll tell you you're better off to settle and to live in bondage. But let me tell you what the Word of God says. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And listen what it says. Do not submit again to a yoke of bondage. What a scripture. Friends, Christ has set you free. And we are not to yield ourselves. We are not to submit ourselves. We are not to settle for sin in our life. Can we say amen to that? We are not to settle for addictions. We are not to settle for sinful and harmful behaviors. We are not to settle with the enemy. We are to let God fight these battles. And what this wicked Sennacherib is saying is you would be better off to just make peace and settle Let me tell you, you're taking notes. You need to write this down. Don't ever sign a peace treaty with Satan because it's not worth it. Do not settle. Do not sign a peace treaty with Satan because I promise you it will not be worth it. And he'll try to tell you God's not going to help you. God's not going to deliver you. God's not paying attention to you. God's going to let you fail. 
He'll tell you he's got you right where he wants you. No, my friend. So how do we handle the enemy? How do we handle such threats? How do we handle such attacks? Verse 36. Do you know what Israel did? The Bible says that the men of Judah were silent and they did not answer him a word. Taking notes, write this down. Here's the principle. When Satan comes against you, have nothing to do with him. Jesus is our example. How did he handle Satan in the wilderness in Matthew 4? Did Jesus converse with Satan? Did he argue? Did he try to get logical? Did he get analytical? No. How did Jesus handle Satan? He spoke the word at him. And short of that, he never said another word to him. All he said is, it is written. And then he spoke the word. Praise God. Amen? Amen. And you don't need to argue with the enemy. You don't need to argue with other people. You don't need to analyze and you don't need to get all logical and you don't need to figure out all the angles. You don't need to figure out the solution. No, do you know how you handle yourself? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I'll show you. Go to chapter 19. Did I make it through 18? Did I get all the scriptures right? All right, all right. If I get off, you throw something at me. <clears throat> I need a little shocker up here where if I get it wrong, it just... Shocks me a little, right? <laughs> With a metal podium, I guess that would work. <laughs> Say amen if you're with me right now. Amen. Now, so often, the worst news that we get in life so often comes in the form of a letter. And so often it comes from the enemy. King Hezekiah received this written letter from Sennacherib. I want you to note in your Bibles, chapter 19, verse 14. What did King Hezekiah do? Now watch this, my friends. Just like with King Jehoshaphat last week, there is no mention of the Israeli military. There is no mention of the military generals. There's no inventory of horses or chariots or swords or spears or shields. Do you know what King Hezekiah did? Look at it in your Bible. He took the letter and he spread it before the Lord. Fascinating. He didn't go to the politicians. He didn't go to the generals. He didn't go to the mighty men of war. Hezekiah went to God. And what do you do when you get threats from the enemy? My friends, you don't go to others. You don't argue with Satan. You don't try to find all the angles and solutions. No, my friends, you go to the Lord. And when you get it deep in your soul, the battle belongs to God. He will be the first one you go to and the only one you go to. And Hezekiah takes this to the Lord. He goes to the temple. He spreads the letters before the Lord. Let me tell you, you've gotten a bad letter. You've gotten a medical diagnosis. You've gotten a divorce decree. 
You've gotten a lawsuit. You've gotten a pink slip from your job and you're jobless right now. You've gotten a bankruptcy or a summons to court. Let me tell you what to do with that letter. Spread it before the Lord. Amen. Bring it before God. If you enjoyed today's broadcast and would like to hear more great content, you can always download our free mobile app, Awaken to Grace, where you can request prayer, find sermons, articles, blogs, music, podcasts, as well as support us financially. You can also visit either of our websites at www.preachingchristchurch.com or www.awakentograce.com for more information about our church or our resource ministry. Thank you for listening to Awaken to Grace.